Now, I'm going to introduce my wife, who's going to come and read from the Holy Scriptures. Thank you, Killy. I'm going to read John chapter 11, verses 38 to 45. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. Thanks, my darling. Right, before we actually unpack the principles in this particular story, I think let's do a little bit of role play. I'm actually going to ask my friend, Pastor Jürgen, and uh, we're going to kind of just do a little bit of role play here. Please welcome my guest, Pastor Jürgen. Great. Thank you. Thank you. God Thank you. Okay. All right. So I'm going to put you over here, Jürgen. Jürgen, have you done any acting before? None whatsoever. None so. Now, listen. You're you're going to play. You're going to play Jesus. Okay. But I'm going to give you the script that Jesus. Okay. So you've basically got in this role play. Okay. You've got three lines. Okay. Here are your three lines. Okay. And I will prompt you. Okay, and I'm, I'm Lazarus. So, you know, we've got to play the part a little bit, don't we? To play the part. So, you know, you've got to get into this. You've got to, like, you know, feel it, see it. Okay, right. So, put my little hat on. All right. So, I'm dead. Ugh. Okay, line one. Roll the stone aside. Yeah. Listen, Jürgen, can you put a bit more feeling into it? You know, you know like Earl Jones in Lion King? Can you give it a bit more volume? All right, okay, right, take two. Lazarus, come out. No, 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 you're still, you're gonna do number one again. (laughs) 
Number one, give it a bit more feeling. Uh, right, number one. Roll the stone aside. That's good, that's good. Okay, <laughs> line two. Lazarus, come out. <laughs> Jürgen, you didn't move the stone. Plays this. Okay, good job. I, well, I can't get out of the tomb if you don't move the stone. All right, okay, line three. Unwrap him and let him go. Okay, so there's no other actors here, Jürgen. Let's analyze this particular story. <laughs> Verse 38 said, remove, remove the stone. As Jesus was able to perform the major miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, he could have just moved the stone with a word. Because if you can raise a dead man, you can move a stone. And if he can remove a stone, he could have easily said, all the grave clothes, but he didn't. Why? Because he involves his followers in his miracles. You know, it is very easy to be overwhelmed because a dead man needs to come back to life but actually, the only thing we need to do is to move a stone. We're not gonna raise the dead man, we're only gonna move a stone. Is there something in my life that needs to be removed so that I can get closer to Jesus? The stone had to be removed now, Martha had a very good objection to moving the stone away. Martha knew that once the gravestone was moved and it was opened, then there was gonna be an appalling smell of decomposition. Now, we may be worried, as Martha was, that what the rolling away of the stone will produce something that stinks. We may have things in our lives that are rotten, that we wish to have buried, but we cannot hide them from God. So we must take the risk of rolling the stone away. Have we let a stone stand in front of a resurrection? Have you let a stone stand between you and a resurrection? 
Have we created such stones in our relationships with other people? Do we hear Jesus saying, remove the stone? Remove the stone. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Let's make sure that what we do always points to God. We need to give God the glory. And Jesus models how we should respond when God does something good. And he does something good through us. We should give God the glory. If you are conscious of any kind of stone between you and Jesus, between you and a resurrection, between you and another person, stand up now if you think there's a stone. Stand up. Lord Jesus Christ, we're standing up because we're conscious that there are stones between us and you. And so, Lord God, by standing up, we are saying to you, that you have permission to remove those stones and help us, Lord God, to know what we must do to move those stones. Give us the wisdom that we need in order to make this possible. So we pray, Lord God, now, by your spirit, empower us with the strength that we will need in order to do this. And we pray and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please sit. Two, the first one, remove. The second one, respond. Verse 43, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I like that. Don't you like that? Because if you know anything about Jesus, you will know that if Jesus had said, come out, then everybody would have come out. I mean, everybody would have come out. But he knew that the time had not come for everybody to come out. He said, Lazarus, would you come out? This is the power of Jesus. Now, it's interesting to speculate what Lazarus would have thought. When he heard his voice, come out. I mean, can you imagine what what had happened when, come out, Lazarus, boom. Blood starts to circulate his body, and he's wondering, where am I? Where am I? Did I just hear my name? You see, we need a response to Christ's command. We need a response to Christ's command. 
Lazarus had to respond. Lazarus had to get up. It is not enough to hear Christ's command. Action is needed. Frequently, Christ calls people, come out to a new life, but they prefer to stay in the grave, bound by grave clothes. Has Christ commanded you to do something? You see, many times we Christians were saying, oh Lord, what, oh Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, you know, and do you ever think the Lord might be saying, I told you 20 years ago. <laughs> if he's commanded you to do something and you haven't timed it, get on with it, you wally. <laughs> now, has... Jesus commanded you to do something, but you haven't done it. But you want to do it. Stand up if that's you. Stand now. Lord Jesus, for every person standing up now, they're standing up and they're saying they've heard you. You've reinforced what you've already commanded them to do, and you've just inked it in now for them. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will empower them. You will strengthen them. And you will help them now, having stood up, to follow through and to do whatever it is you had commanded them to do. And we pray that you will give them the opportunity very, very soon to do that thing. And when they do it, Lord God, may your word be fulfilled that you will honour those who honour you. So as our brothers and sisters step out in faith to do that, we pray that there would be great release, great blessing, and that you will accomplish more than they can ever dream of and believe in. And we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Number three, release. Release. Verse 44, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lazarus comes out wrapped in his own grave clothes. Christ sets us free, but we can still wear grave clothes. We're bound. These may include old habits, unhealthy relationships, issues that need to be resolved, or even a wrong outlook on ourselves. We can be limited and restricted by all the things we are wrapped up in. Lazarus' feet were wrapped up so he couldn't walk. His hands were wrapped so he couldn't work. His face was wrapped so he couldn't see. 
His mouth was wrapped so he couldn't speak. What are we wrapped up in? Are you wrapped up in something? Are you stinking? You're alive. You've heard the, you've heard the voice of Jesus, but you're walking around with grave clothes and you're actually stinking. You know, I reckon there's a lot of, a lot of stink around. And it's because a lot of people are walking around with grave clothes. Get the grave clothes off. If you feel that you've got any kind of grave clothes, I, I don't know what it could be. I don't want to say it's this or this or that because the Spirit will reveal it to you whether you, you've got any kind of grave clothes on you that's kind of smelling, it's decaying. We want to get all of this off and instead we want to put on the armour of God. We want to put the belt of truth on. Do you know when I get dressed, I'm like this, I go, I put the belt on, I go, yeah, yeah, belt of truth. <laughs> and then I put the helmet of salvation on. Do you know there's so many people who are dissecting the helmet of salvation and they're dissecting it, ah, oh, what do you mean, what do you mean? And while they're dissecting it, the devil gets in their heads. <laughs> Put it on. Breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. Good news of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Put them on. Yeah. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. A sword of the word. I tell you, when you put and you've done that, you're like, come on. Get the grey clothes off if you've been wounded. You've been wounded? Get the balm of Gilead on. I've been wounded. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. You know, I'm not saying that it may not take some time to get healed and get restored and we might need some help and healing and counselling. Of course, I understand that. But if you need that, get it and get on with it. Can I ask everybody to stand up? Everyone stand up. Okay, now, this is gonna be an incredibly sacred moment because we are dealing with some serious wounds. Because if you feel you've got grave clothes on, I do not want to trivialize this at all. If you feel you've got grave clothes, sit down. Sit down now. Everyone who feels they've got grave clothes. Okay, everyone who's standing, if anyone is sitting near you, just put your hand on them. And let's just, let's just pray sensitively and sacredly, just sensitively over them, that they will be healed of their pain, of their wounds, and whatever grave clothes might be on them. Lord Jesus, as we're praying now for everyone here who has a sense of woundedness, and pain, and disappointment, and discouragement, and rejection, and abuse. Lord, just as you stood 
over Peter's mother-in-law when she was sick. We pray that you would stand over every person who is sitting now. Lord, release your healing on them and in them. Heal those wounds. Heal the pain. Embrace them. Lord, your spirit is known as the comforter. So we're asking you, Spirit of God, comfort now. Comfort. Come as a comforter. Come and embrace. And we, Lord Jesus, praying over each one of these people, even symbolically, we want to lift these grave clothes off them. We lift them off them and we throw them away. We throw them away. We throw them at the foot of the cross, symbolically now, at the foot of the cross. And we just kind of symbolically, just like touch the head and say, I place upon you the helmet of salvation. We place the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the good news of peace. Touch their feet. Put the good news of peace on their feet. Touch the hand, one hand, and say, I put the shield of faith in your hand. Touch the other hand and say, I place in that hand the sword of the Spirit, the word of God in your hand. Pray for a filling of the presence of Jesus. Be filled with the presence of Jesus. We pray these things in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please sit. Number four, reveal, reveal. Remove the stone. Respond. Release. Reveal. Verse 45. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. John 12, verse 17. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. It is hardly surprising that this miracle produced a great deal of faith in Jesus. This was not an event that could be overlooked or explained away. Those people who saw the raising of Lazarus did not stay silent. Jesus' ministry inspired his followers' testimony. The same principle for us, and it should apply to us, when we see what Jesus is doing, we should 
not stay silent. Observers must become witnesses. In the presence of a wonder produced by Christ, we should not remain quiet. If we are a Christian, if we are a follower of Jesus, that means we are connected to Jesus and we have a relationship with Jesus. That means we have had an encounter with Jesus. That means we have something to say. I met Jesus on the 9th of February, 1975. Now some people go, oh, I wish I had a date. You know, I, I kind of grew up in a Christian home. You know, I, I don't have a date. And it's kind of like, really, they feel sad. They don't have a date. Listen, I cannot remember the day I was born, but there seems to be evidence to suggest it. <laughs> You don't have to remember a date. Is there any evidence to suggest it? Now, if there's any evidence to suggest it, then you are carrying the presence of God wherever you go. I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, I've got to hunt the, the non-Christians. I don't go hunting for non-Christians because non-Christians are everywhere. <laughs> I've just got to be normal. And I just, everywhere I go, I'm carrying the presence of God. I'm carrying the presence of God. You know, what is evangelism? I'll give you my definition of evangelism, right? This is my definition. I, I've thought about this, I've studied it, I've lectured on it, I've written books on it. Here is my definition. Evangelism is giving out an invitation to a party that's out of this world. I gave a whole series of lectures at Oxford University. This student comes up and he says, I've heard all your lectures, I've found them very interesting, he goes. But he says, I personally believe Christianity is a crutch. And I looked at him and I thought, I hope you break your legs. <laughs> random thought, random, random. <clears throat> and then I said to him, I said, listen, if you broke both legs, would you appreciate the use of a wheelchair to get around? He said, yes, I would. I said, if you broke one leg, would you appreciate the use of crutches to get around? He says, yes, I would. I said, I'm a broken person. I've, you're a broken person, because I've never met a person who isn't broken. I'm so glad I can lean on Jesus while he's putting me back together again. Do we need to reveal to others what God has done for us? You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, 
visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. One doctor developed the world's first vaccine. One civil rights activist helped to end racial segregation in the USA. One botanist developed new farming practices supporting impoverished farmers. One former slave escorted 300 others to freedom. One watchmaker saved the lives of 800 Jews and refugees during World War II. One politician persisted to see slavery legally abolished in the UK. Faith, love, generosity, sacrifice, perseverance. Heroes of the Faith, the new coffee table book by J. John. Available now at canonjjohn.com.